Welcome to the Inspire Breaching Podcast. I'm your host, Douglas Boyd. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are going to have a great journey today in the Word of God. If this podcast has been a blessing to you, please consider subscribing to it and take it another step and invite all of your family and your friends to join our podcast family. jump into it today at the live service. Today we are talking about the incredible radical faith of David. The radical faith of David. And God wants you to have radical faith in him. Let's jump into it today. In the name of Jesus, we praise you. We thank you, Lord, that When we give, we are planting seed into the kingdom of God. And God, we know that you bless that seed and that you bless the giver. And I praise you for it in Jesus' name. This message, God, touch the message. Give us ears to hear the word of God and a heart to receive it. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. I want to talk to you today about radical faith. All of us need need our faith increased. All of us. Everyone, every Christian alive, we, we need our faith increased. We need, we, we live in a world, all you have to do is turn on the news or watch anything, and, and, and we see the wickedness that is around us. And we live in a wicked world. We live in a fallen world, and a world that needs Jesus. And we need to increase our faith. We need to have faith like we've never had it before. I want to read to you about David. Acts chapter 13 talks about David. And it says, and when he had removed him, that's talking about King Saul. uh, It says, when he had removed him, he raised up from them David as king, to whom also he gave testimony and said... I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart who will do my will. Now, anyone that, that is familiar with David knows David was not perfect. David had issues. He fell at points in his life. Uh, he didn't just fall. He, he dramatically fell at different parts of his life so bad that according to the law of Moses he should have been given the death penalty committed murder but David was a man of repentance and when he did fall he always came back in repentance he knew that his only hope was the mercy of God and so David's faith even through bad times sometimes his own making David had great faith he had radical faith we're talking about radical faith today you know i want you to think about something there have been countless books written about david more is written about david in the old covenant in the old testament than any other character think about that he is a fascinating read not just because of his victories but also because of his terrible defeats Um, He's a man, I believe, that we can relate to him because he was not perfect. He had his struggles, but he had faith, and he he was a man of repentance. 
His life demonstrates God's grace and demonstrates God's love. More than anything, David's life proves that God can take one man or a woman and he can change the world through that man or that woman. He can change the world if only that man or that woman will yield themselves to our Creator. I want to look at some things about David's faith. David followed the Lord. He longed to be in His presence, and he longed to do His will. That's a powerful statement. It's easier said than done. David followed God. He longed to be in His presence, and he longed to do God's will. Read the Psalms that he wrote. There were times where he was depressed and he felt like God was a million miles away, but he always pursued God. Always. Something very striking about David's older brothers. As King Saul and his men camped in the valley of Elah to do battle with the Philistines, it says this about David's brothers. First Samuel 17 and 13, the three oldest sons of Jesse had gone to follow Saul to the battle. They were following Saul. David was following the Lord. There's a difference. Saul was a very frail individual at this point and had lost his faith. He had lost his anointing. He, he was backslidden. He was ruled by fear and anxiety. And David's brothers followed him, and David followed the Lord. And we get into trouble when we follow a man or are completely enamored with a president or a politician, they will fail you eventually. No matter how great they are, they will fail. But if we keep our eyes on the Lord Jesus, He will never fail us. Amen? Can you clap your hands for Him right now? He will never fail us. He will never fail us. David's brothers wanted to impress each other and their king. But David was a man after God's heart. He was a man after God's heart. Oh, it's such a powerful statement. He was a man who pursued God, who longed for God, who hungered after God. Psalm 42 and 1 is one of my favorite psalms because it's a psalm where David is in a bad place and he's desperately trying to find God. Psalm 42, verse 1. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul after you, O God. Verse 2, he said, My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? David's in a desperate mode right here. As a deer is dying of thirst and cannot wait to get to that brook to get a drink of water David said just like that deer is so thirsty God I thirst for your presence David hungered after God he thirsted after God on a daily basis he sought to have an intimate relationship with his heavenly father we are talking about radical faith and let me say something here you cannot have faith without spending time with the one that you have faith in. You have to spend time with Him. You cannot have faith if you don't spend time with Him. Can someone say amen? David longed. 
to spend time with God. We've got to do a self-check when it comes to this. How much are we getting alone with God and just seeking His face? I'm not talking about prayer requests. I'm not talking about going before Him with a need. I just mean spending time saying, Lord, I need to hear you. Lord, I need you to fill me. Lord, I need you to be in my life like never before. I long for you. We've got to do that. We've got to do that. And number two today, David was willing to go where no one wanted to go. They were in the Valley of Elah. The Israelites were over here. The Philistines were over here. And out comes Goliath. Somewhere between 9 and 12 foot tall. He's been a man of war his entire life. And Saul, who the Bible says stood head and shoulders above everyone else, even Saul was afraid to go out onto that battlefield and face this man. The soldiers of Israel and King Saul were scared to death of this man. And you know the story. David goes to Saul. He's probably somewhere around 16 years of age. And David, in 1 Samuel 17 and 32 says, Then David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight this Philistine. That's radical faith. I don't know about you, but if Hulk Hogan was standing here right now, I would not want to fight him. If Mike Tyson was standing here right now, the last place you will see me is putting gloves on and saying, hey, Mike, let's go a few rounds. I don't think so. My son boxes, and I'm like, are you crazy? I do not want to get punched in the face or stomped on by a giant. No, thank you. David said, I'll fight him. He says, I'll fight him. David longed to be in God's presence, and he would go where no one else wanted to go. He went onto a battlefield that no one else wanted to go on. And we're on a battlefield. It's easy to go to a big mega church or a big church that's, that's already established and got hundreds and hundreds or thousands of people. It's another thing to go to a small church and try to build something up. That's going where no one else wants to go. And if God calls you to it, you got to do it. David went where nobody wanted to go. It's a faith that's hard to grasp. I wouldn't have wanted to have walked out there and saw that big ugly giant. The third thing David did, David was willing to do what no one else was willing to do. David said, I will go and fight this Philistine. He was willing to do what no one wanted to do. It's easy to have a, a soft Christian life. It's another thing to do what God has called you to do and step out in faith, in radical faith, and do what no one else wants to do. While the army hid in fear in their tents, David says, I will go and fight this Philistine. You have to have a heart and a hunger to see God move with the help of the Lord, of course. Number four today, David chose his battles wisely. Not every battle in your life is a God battle. God is not wanting you to fight every battle you have a chance to fight. He's not. He's not. We have to pick and choose those battles wisely. I want to show you something from the story. Now, don't, don't step all over David's brothers and get on to them. David's brother became one of his best warriors when he became the king. So these weren't bad guys, but we have a little tussle going on in the family right here. Now, Eliab, his oldest brother, heard 
when he spoke to the men and Eliab's anger was aroused against David and he said why have you come down here you can just hear it the older brother and the little brother and he's he's saying what are you doing here you little squirt and he says and with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness he he's being ugly to David and he says I know your pride and the insolence of your heart for you have come down just to see the battle in other words you're not here for any good reason right there then in verse 30 David said what have I done now is there not a cause in other words is there not a reason to fight verse 30 then he turned from him toward another David had a choice David had a choice he could fight his own brother or he could fight the giant who was his enemy and he had a choice to make too many people in too many churches are fighting with one another over the color of the carpet or over the lights or over the pews versus chairs I have seen battles go on in churches that were absolutely ridiculous and what was it it's David fighting his brother you're not my enemy I'm not your enemy we don't have to fight amongst each other we have an enemy to fight and David understood that David's brother wanted to fight David's brother was ready for a fight though but the real fight was with Goliath and David understood that David looked at his brother and said I love you bro my fight is not with you my fight is with him David knew that his real mission for being there was to fight Goliath it was his destiny it was his destiny there may not have been a King David were it not for Goliath God elevated him after this battle there was a reason is there not a cause is there not a reason for us to fight this enemy right now number five today David understood you cannot walk in another man's anointing oh I've, I've, I've wanted to do that over the years I'll, I'll see some other Christian God that's got a better voice than me or he's got more talent than me and, and I start thinking man if I just had that anointing on me oh I'd be something then no not really because that's his anointing David knew that he could not go in someone else's power and someone else's anointing notice this first Samuel 17 and 38 Saul clothed David with his own armor guys he's a kid Saul was probably over six foot tall. They said that he was a head above everyone else. He's a big man. David puts this clinky armor on. He just looks at himself and he's like, what am I doing? In verse 39, but David said to Saul, I cannot go with these for I have not tested them. So David took them off. God has called each one of us with a purpose. You can't walk in my anointing and I can't walk in yours. But none of us can walk in the world's armor. Saul's armor was the world's armor. That's what it symbolized. Saul was backslid. Saul was in a bad way and was disobeying God much in his life. The world right now is trying to force its armor onto the church. We'll just accept this. We'll just accept that. We'll just accept this sin into the church. Just accept that sin into the church. After all, God loves this. That's the world's armors. Kind of like when David put the ark on, an, on a new cart. And a man lost his life because of what David did. 
Because God said only Levites could carry the Ark of the Covenant. And they disobeyed God. And Saul's armor represents worldliness. And we don't want to be worldly. We don't want to accept things that God has said is sin. I'm all for lights and making things look great and, and it looking like a concert, all kinds of things. But we don't change the message. We never mess with the message. Because when we do, we're putting on Saul's armor. David said, I can't go with this. But sinful lifestyles that go against God's word are now welcomed in most of the church world. Not, they don't try to help them be delivered. They just accept it. It's a huge, it's Saul's armor. People who have never been converted, who've never had a Damascus Road experience are just thrown into the ministry. When the other Saul, the one in the New Testament, which became Paul, when he met God on the Damascus Road, it was a life-altering experience. And he ended up not being the same man that he was. What did he say? I am a new creation in Christ. And please don't think I'm picking on anybody. I want everyone to come in here and get saved. But accepting things that are wrong is not biblical. They are to come in and be delivered from that bondage. David knew he could not walk in Saul's anointing. And he didn't want Saul's anointing. And I can just see David as he takes off Saul's helmet. He takes it off. And in the spirit, he puts on the helmet of salvation. And I can just see him remove that breastplate. And in the spirit, he puts on the breastplate of righteousness. And I can just see David put down Saul's big old heavy sword. And he picks up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. David walked out onto that battlefield. He might have looked defenseless. But yet, the God of the universe... Oh, he was covered in armor. Oh, my goodness. You may, oh, my, I got goosebumps right now. You may not could see armor, but trust me, David was covered in armor. Amen. Can you say amen to that? He was covered in armor. The God of the universe was standing right there. And he took that little rock, and God turned that thing into a guided missile. Amen. Number six, and I'm almost done, but number six today, David spoke out in faith. Important to speak in faith. David put his faith into action in both his words and his deeds. 1 Samuel 17, verse 45. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin. Here's the key right here. If you don't remember anything I said today, remember this. David did not go out there in his own power. He would have gotten mashed. He did not go out there and say, you come to me with a sword, a spirit, and a javelin, but buddy, wait till I get a hold of you. No. Look what he said. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. David stood in the power and in the might of his God. Amen. Can you clap your hands? He stood in the power of his God. Look what else he said. He said, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. See, with David's radical faith, it's not about himself. It's all about the power of his God. Amen? He said, this day 
the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and take your head from you and at the end there he said that all the earth will know there is a God in Israel glory to God amen it was all about his faith in the one that set him onto that battlefield he spoke in faith he spoke number seven David put his faith into action Faith without works, James said, is dead. It's dead. 1 Samuel 17, verse 48. So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. He takes off running. Total faith. Radical faith. David spoke in faith and David acted in faith. Amen. Once David won the battle, he cut the giant's head off. Some Christians win the battle. God gives victory. And then they go right back to what had them bound in the first place. They resurrect their own giant. God helps them to defeat that giant. He is down. He is out. And then we let him back up and back into our lives. And whatever that bondage was that we had in the first place, it comes right back because we didn't cut that giant's head off. How many times has God delivered us only to see us go back to what had us bound to begin with? Notice what David did. 1 Samuel 17 and 50. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword and drew it out of the sheath, killed him and cut off his head with it he cut off his head he did away with that giant there were other giants to come this giant had brothers i don't know if you knew that or not and they came after david there's always a giant to face but we don't have to go back to the ones that god has already given us the victory over and then fight them again david cut the head off of that giant ladies it's not your husband he ended this enemy once and for all. There would be other giants, but this one would never come back. Sometimes we are like those early Israelites. We keep circling that same old mountain time after time. God is saying, you've circled this mountain long enough. We've got to take that giant's head off and then don't entertain it ever again. David had radical faith. He had violent faith. He longed to be with God. He went where no one else would go. He did what no one else would do. And he chose his battles wisely. He didn't fight his brother. He fought the giant. David trusted only in God's anointing, not the covering and the ways of the world. David spoke in faith. David put his faith into action. And David ended the giant once and for all. I just want to encourage you today to go to chapter 17 and read it, the whole thing. Read the whole chapter. It's awesome, 1 Samuel 17. And let it encourage your faith that when a giant steps into your life, you're not going to cower down. You're going to go in the strength and in the anointing of the Lord Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we praise you today. We thank you for being here right now for your word encouraging us giving us strength god we praise you i ask you lord as we leave this place today that you would help us 
to have greater faith for the battles to come for there will be battles anoint us with your spirit to win and to have victory in every single battle through you as David said this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand God let that be our attitude for every giant in Jesus name amen and one quick announcement before we